Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. What are we going to be talking about today? This article is so interesting. I love that someone's doing this work and research. It's about employees not using their vacation days and why do they not use vacation days. Ooh. Ooh. I love that. We've never talked about that topic before. Yeah, we've talked about vacation and how important vacation is for your wellness and recovery, but we yeah. haven't talked about why people don't use it. And so this is a kind of a cool a cool piece to learn totally. a, a few reasons why. Yep. I love that. That's very exciting. Yeah, because I know it's a big thing that people, you know, the like use it or lose it type thing that, you know, folks talk about all the time that there's you know, an issue with people not taking their vacation time, even when their company wants them to take their vacation time. Um, and I think that that's a very interesting phenomenon. So I'm curious to learn more about that, uh, especially because, as you said, we know vacations are very important for wellness. Exactly. So I think you'll like it. I think you'll like this article. Um, it's brand, brand new. So I think there'll probably be more work coming in this space, uh, but it should be fun to dive into. But before we do that, uh, you have had an exciting day today. Yes, I did. Um, an article that I've been working on forever got conditionally accepted. Yay! Yay! So one and day like we a can big journal. Woo. Yes. So one day we can talk about it on the podcast, which I'm excited about. It's like a very, it's on hope. So it's a very, um, you know, wellnessy related topic because there's some good benefits to being hopeful, as we know. Um, so yeah, we will talk about that then, but I was so excited. Um, so for folks that don't know how it works, basically you write a paper and then it goes to three blind reviewers and an associate editor that's responsible for like culling the reviews. And you usually go through multiple rounds of reviews. Um, if your paper has the opportunity to get through the, you know, get a chance to revise it if they think it's, um, you know, good enough. And then, you know, you keep going back and forth between the reviewers and you until they feel like it's um, ready to get published. But at any time it could be rejected and the likelihood of it getting rejected is actually pretty high. So every time you get it back from them, you're wondering if it's going to be a rejection email or, uh, okay, green light, let's continue having this conversation about how to keep making this paper better. And um, so I knew that this email was going to be like the decision because we're kind of at that point where the back and forth is quieting down. And, um, so when it came in, I was like, literally like shaking. I had also drank like a lot of iced tea, but, um, <laughs> but I was like, I was like literally like shaking. And then I was like, I just had to open it and I'm like scrolling. There was like all this text. I'm like, where, where does it say like what the decision is? And like buried in like the third paragraph, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to provisionally accept the manuscript. Um, you know, you just have to make some, some more changes. Uh, but you know, you're, we're good. And I was like, ah. I was so happy. It was like, yeah, just, yeah. So exciting. I'm so happy. So anyway, it's been like, uh, almost six years that I've been working on this project. Oh um, yeah. When I first started collecting the data for it, it was about six years ago. Uh, so it's just wild and it's been under review now for in the review process now for about, uh, a year between a year and a half and two years. So it's been quite a while of wow yeah so yeah. I'm just happy 
but congratulations. Like, Thank you. A long time coming. So now you have to celebrate this weekend. I know. Well, I ordered sushi tonight. I ate part of it and I'm going to eat the rest of it after we're done. Yum. <laughs> Sushi's a good celebratory food for sure. It is. I know. It's my favorite. <laughs> Brendan was like, we have to get sushi. I said, okay. Yay. You're like, obviously. Um, <laughs> yes. So that's what we did. And I have some delicious sushi awaiting me. Yay. Um, but yeah, so today was a good day. What was your day like? My day was, uh, I feel like it's just, my theme has always been, it's been busy. It's busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's a lot going on, um, in my new job. And so I have been a little bit busy. I have to say I did a funny thing today. So, um, I wasn't going to have much time for lunch. And so I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to order in some lunch. And I was like, I kind of feel like Chinese food. I'm going to order in some Chinese food. And I ordered it. But I didn't like I was in a meeting when I was ordering it. So I didn't look at it that carefully. And then this thing showed up that I didn't know what it was. And I was like, what did I order? And then I looked back and I ordered like a type of noodles that I've never had before. That's like there. I mean, I should have read about it more, but it's like they came separated. It was like there was like a, a broth and then like this crunchy noodle thing. And like, I just haven't had it before. And it's probably like a totally normal thing, but I hadn't had it before. And so I got it and I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> like, not great. Um, so that was a fail because I probably should read what I'm ordering a bit more. I was like, ah, noodles. And then I just clicked order. I didn't really pay attention. So <laughs> mystery lunch. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, funny. I mean, it was good. It was just not what I thought yeah, I had ordered. Like, What's happening? <laughs> I basically thought I'd ordered some sort of like, you know, like pan fried noodle dish or whatever. Right. And I clearly did not. Instead, you got some kind of a crunchy brothy thing. Yeah. And you probably were like, they gave me the wrong thing. And then you're like, oh, I ordered like, the wrong thing. <laughs> nope, I ordered it. <laughs> so I gave note me the to wrong self. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't try to do two things I mean those two specific things at once apparently don't work well for me so it's okay oh well (laughs) it's okay you discovered a new dish that you didn't know and now if you ever see it again you'll know how to tell someone else what to do with it it could be very (laughs) valuable (laughs) yeah it was just a funny situation because I'm sitting there in this meeting and like I'm looking at it and I'm like I have to go get a bowl now and I have to go get like (laughs) I thought I would just have like a container I could just quickly eat it and that did not happen (laughs) it's hard to eat I mean I I've noticed that too like it's kind of funny because we all know that we're in our houses and like we know what times meals are at and stuff but it still feels funny sometimes like Like I'll eat in a call, like with people I know, like if it's my, you know, my colleagues or whatever, but like, you know, it's not really like normative to eat in like every call or I have that new walking desk. And so I'll walk in meetings where I feel like I know the people well enough that they won't care. But if it's like someone I'm meeting for the first time, I won't walk, but it's like, why? Like, why can't we, why can't we like be humans on these calls? It's kind of funny. Cause like you're in your house you know, Mm -hmm. everybody knows that you've got like back to back stuff or just like, you know, have a little bit of a camera break and say, going to turn the camera off. Um, that also can be good. Yeah. I definitely turn the camera off when I eat. Um, I'm like, no one needs to see that, Yeah, but I, I'm struggling a little bit because so, I mean, this is something we talk about all the time. Like I've been scheduling lunch breaks and yet people just keep scheduling over them. No. And then I have not 
I feel like I'm so new, new. so I'm like nervous yeah. of saying no to things. Yeah. Um. So People. I. Yeah, I've been trying. I'm trying to get better about just saying no, um, or or proposing a new time or something, but. There's been a lot of that because the problem is that we have people across the whole country. So there's yeah. people on the East Coast that are like, well, we have to get like they want to get all their meetings in before two o'clock my time. So, right. You know, and then for me, like, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you that early. Like, I want to wake right. up at a normal right. time. So right. there's just been it's an interesting balance. I don't feel like the company, you know, being new hasn't really figured out all of these things like as a culture. Um mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's interesting. Like, I, I feel like it's a case study of everything that we talk about and, like, how we need to, like, how do you do all of this when everyone's really busy and not taking the time to think it through? Yeah. So try to make an influence there, but it's it's interesting given everything we talk about, um, you know, trying to role model, but sometimes I can't role model that well and nobody else is role modeling and I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you... How, as a new, brand new person, can I start shifting people away from doing things that are, you know, kind of problematic from a yeah. wellness perspective? That's true. I mean, stop stealing Patricia's lunch. If you're listening, <laughs> she needs her lunch. Give She'll, me my lunch. It's causing her to order strange dishes she doesn't know. <laughs> I it's know. It's very bad. No, I, I agree, though. I mean, I think that's hard because you're coming into new norms and hopefully you'll get comfortable enough to, you know, make that switch or at least to like block off. If someone takes your lunchtime to like be able to block off another, you know, like chunk mm-hmm. of time near it or something to at least like, I've been doing a lot of like combining my breakfast and lunch. Like I'll yeah. eat, le- I'll eat breakfast later. And then it's kind of like, I have like a, for whatever reason, I feel like it's easier for me to do like a late morning and a late afternoon break. So I've been doing like a later breakfast and a later lunch. That's funny because I never have breakfast at all. And oh. that's just like a weird thing. I don't, I'm not that hungry in the morning. Huh. I'll just have like tea or something. So I don't really eat breakfast much. And so to me, it's kind of combined anyways, naturally. But yeah. I will say the good news is that everybody within the company that I work with, like they all know that it's a problem. It's just really hard to change the way people work once they've gotten into a routine, even if the routine isn't good. So it's not like a thing where I'm coming in and I'm like, you know, I think we need to be better about breaks. And everyone's like, no, we don't like breaks. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone is on board with the idea, but it's just really hard to shift in a very fast paced company. So I think it's a really interesting, um, it's just a really interesting dynamic to figure out, like, how how do these fast-paced startups, like, adapt? And, you know, Katina, you and I, oftentimes when we've got projects and things or on top of our full-time jobs, like, we're not doing what we say we should no, be doing true. either. So it's, Very it can true. be really hard for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it speaks to, like, the struggle that everybody has that, you know, your days are all different and it can be difficult in any one given day to – you know, maybe one day you don't reach your goal, but it balances out because, you know, you're getting to your goal on other days when you normally wouldn't have, or maybe, you know, it's about just getting a little bit better all the time. So right now, if you're having trouble eating lunch any day a week, maybe if you can just do it one day a week and then it morphs into two days a week or whatever, like just trying to make that little progress, um, sometimes can be the best we can do. And it's a good reminder. And it's also linked 
to your topic, which is why don't people take vacations? Because uh, we know vacations are good for us, just like we know lunch breaks are good for us and these other things. And yet sometimes we don't use them or do them. Exactly. Yes. Perfect transition. Um, it, it's true, though. Like it does. It is linked. You know, if people are really busy, it can feel like you can't take time away, which ties into some of the findings. Um, so it's it's really important to make those incremental changes, like you said, slowly move in the right direction. And then hopefully um, the company can get or, you know, you can get aligned to what you're looking for. But let's yeah. talk about this article. So, yes, it is called Understanding Employees Unused Vacation Days, a Social Cognitive Approach. And it's by, uh, I butcher names, so I apologize to all the authors out there. Um, <laughs> Everyone. It's uh, Quay Kendall, Craig Stixma, and Guarino. And mm-hmm. it was published in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology. And it was just published, like 2021 the year uh literally just came out i believe this month april so yeah yep brand brand new that's exciting Um, i think you're gonna like it so this article talks about obviously vacation days like we know we've talked about this on the podcast before um on our blog before but vacations are really important for employees to recover from stress that they have at work um, to help them maintain their well-being. Uh, we know that it can really make a big impact on recovery. Um, people coming back from vacation tend to you know, feel better at work. They have less uh, physical complaints. They have less exhaustion. All sorts of good things when you're talking about um, vacations. But people yes. don't take them. Well, that does sound like a problem. And the thing is, I think most people like vacations. So it's not even just like... We have to convince people that there's benefits. It's also like interesting that people don't take it because people generally aren't like, ooh, vacation. I hate vacation. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's so true, though. It's really true. People don't take it, even though everyone kind of wants to, um, yeah. in theory, at least. So, so interesting. They actually quoted a, a study or like a survey conducted by uh, the Society for Human Resource Management. Um, Mm -hmm. and it said that only 68% of employees use all of their paid vacation days. Wow. What? What? I mean, if you have unlimited vacation days, then obviously you can't, but I think this is only counting people that have actual days. And so 68% of people are not taking it. That's wild. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. I can't believe that. I know. And another, uh, survey looked to see like, what's the most common, amount of vacation days in the U.S. because the U.S. generally speaking has fewer days than most other countries. The most common allotment of days is 10 days. Wow. So so in theory, if 68% of people are not even taking 10 days off, that's like, I mean, mind-blowing. That really is mind-blowing. And you said that this is in the U.S., right? In the U.S., correct. Okay, yeah, because I know that vacations are much more taking longer vacations is much more normative in other places than it is here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. More vacation days, all of that good stuff yes. um, outside of the U S. So a lot, this, this whole study really centers around the U S um, I'm sure that there's probably some 
some things that might relate to other countries. It just might be on a different scale, right? Like mm-hmm. instead of taking the full four weeks, somebody only takes three weeks or whatever. You know, sure, like I'm sure that right. there's some people that still don't take vacation, uh, but it probably depends on the culture specifically in the country. So this is really focused on the U.S. So sorry yes. to our international listeners. We're talking about the U.S. here. Or maybe good for them because perhaps this problem does not apply <laughs> they're like this is boring yeah we take so congrats vacations. to you yeah exactly um okay cool so awesome so what did they find what are some of the things that they or what did what did they do in the study and then what did they find so I want to first I'm going to back up one second yes because this study is really looking at things that might impact behavior um, that are not demographic. So there has been research around what types of people are more likely to take vacation or less mm-hmm. likely to take vacation and what types of jobs lend themselves to that. So that has been done. So I just want to share the results on that before we dive into what this study did. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah. So employees who are older, um, who are female, who are married and living with a partner, Um, or living with a partner, rather, who have kids at home and who have higher socioeconomic status are all more likely to use their paid vacation days. Hmm. What does older mean? Uh, I didn't look back into the original studies that they cited. Yeah. I wonder wonder what that age bracket looks like. Because, like, sometimes they use, like, over 40 or something. It's curious. I mean, and I wonder if – do they know what they use their vacation days for? Because – the having children part would be kind of interesting to see if they're like actually taking the vacation like to go on a vacation or if they're taking the vacation to like because a kid is sick and so they use a vacation day. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know. I think that uh, we could probably dive into there's a lot of studies that they cited. So we could probably dive into some of those at some point um, yeah. and dig into that deeper. But I did find it interesting because it could be. Yeah, it could be a lot of variety of reasons um about how they use their vacation days but they do use them so they are taking time away from work yeah that's cool and then they also uh cited one study from 2006 that found that employees who work longer hours tend to use less vacation days and then employees who work in a job longer so they're more tenured at a company tend to use more vacation days hmm that's interesting yeah and that makes sense uh I'm sure overwork drives vaca- use of vacation days down. That may be something to do with the culture of the company, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it makes sense that the longer you're there, the more you feel like you can take the time or maybe that you deserve to take the time or whatever. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So that makes sense. Um, and then in this study, what they looked at, they looked at two. They basically were using a theory called social cognitive theory, which emphasizes two um two factors that can impact behavior so self-efficacy which you've talked about before so self-efficacy is basically like whether or not I think I can do something like I have the ability to do whatever action it is I'm going to do um right and then they it also talks about people's outcome expectations so whether or not the consequences of their behavior are going to lead to positive things or negative things cool okay that makes sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those two kind of areas are what they focus on with social cognitive theory, and they t- basically adjusted all of that to this idea of vacation. So they had, uh, in their theory, they really looked at 
what they call detachment self-efficacy. So it's the extent Mm. to which employees believe they can actually detach or Hmm. disconnect from work while on that vacation. And then for outcome expectations, they looked at six positive outcomes. Um, If people took a vacation, so there could be six things, being relaxed, feeling refreshed, having fun, gaining perspective, connecting with loved ones, and making progress on personal priorities and projects. So those are the the positive outcomes that people could expect, potentially. Mm -hmm. And then the negative outcomes were experiencing stress while planning the vacation, experiencing stress during the vacation, being perceived as less committed by supervisors and or colleagues, burdening coworkers, falling behind at work, falling behind in housework, and negative financial consequences. Okay. So in this social cognitive frame, then, basically they're saying... They're wondering from the social perspective if people think that they'll be able to detach and from the cognitive perspective if people are anticipating that there will be positive and or negative benefits or consequences to taking the vacation. Is that accurate? Yes, exactly. And so then what they did, the first three studies I'm not going to talk a ton about because basically what they were doing was creating items around the things I just talked about. So nobody has really studied uh, social cognitive theory in relation to vacations like this before. Mm-hmm. So they were creating items, making sure the items were properly functioning, that you can actually measure these things. So they created the measures for self-efficacy um, when it comes to detaching on a vacation and then the outcome expectations for vacations. Uh, gotcha. So all of that was created in the first three studies that they then use in the fourth study, which leads us to the interesting findings. Awesome. That sounds good. And actually, that's kind of interesting because, I mean, it does make sense, right? You wouldn't want to go on a vacation if you feel like you're not going to be able to actually get away. So one thing that might discourage you is like, well, what does it really matter? Because I might be in a different location, but I'm still going to be worried about work or I'm still going to have to check in or I'm still going to have to take calls. And maybe you've even done that before and realized like, you know, it actually wasn't worth the money for me to spend to go Mm -hmm. away when I'm still working. Um, And then the positive negative expectations are like, you know, do I actually think that the benefits of this are going to outweigh the potential consequences, which could be things that are work related or they could be financial, like you mentioned. Exactly. Yep. So what they did in study four is take all of that and try to understand who used vacation days and how did these things impact that, right? So what they did... Mm -hmm is they actually did a time-separated study, right? So you could see if people actually take vacation. So they had time one was in December of 2018, and time two was January of 2019. So they were looking to see... Uh, hold on. I feel like that's wrong, but maybe it's not wrong. But anyways, they looked at two different time periods yes. um, and wanting to understand the use of vacation days. Um, that people took. So, yeah, go ahead. So they looked at how much time they spent in that last year, I guess, was one of the things they were asking. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the second time period being in 2019 is that they were able to look back through all of 2018 to understand, um, whether they took vacations. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yep. And they had, uh, I guess a total of 1,400 participants that did the first survey and just over 800 participants that took the second survey. So a pretty big sample. Yeah. Um, And they measured that detachment, self-efficacy, 
um, as well as the positive and negative outcome expectations. They ask people how many paid vacation days they get. Um, so how many days did they get in 2018? How many days did they use in 2018? And then they also ask questions around like, do they have a use it or lose it policy? Because that obviously could be something that could impact other people use it. So uh, they could control for things like that. Just really un- trying to understand the policies they had as well. So awesome. ask those questions. And what did they find? Yeah, so, I'm curious. I know. It's really cool. I think it's really cool, at least. And I think there's some very clear takeaways from it, which makes it even more exciting to me. Yay. Yay, clear takeaways. (laughs) I know. We love those clear takeaways. So the results basically found that when we just think about policies just in general, employees who are given more vacation days ended up having more unused vacation days, which is sad. So people, even if they had a big pile, they would end up having a big pile left over. They they might have taken more vacation days than somebody that had a less pile of a smaller pile of vacation days, but they still didn't finish taking it. Right. So they still had a Mm. lot left over. Gotcha. Um, But people that had a use it or lose it policy actually did have fewer unused days. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause, and also I think um, sometimes when people know they can roll, they might plan for a longer vacation in the future, even if they, they might not end up taking it. But I know some people that are on, rolling plans will be like well I didn't use my vacation this year but at some point I'm gonna go for like three weeks to Europe or something you know what I mean um so uh so I do think people might plan for the future but it does sound like maybe those plans might not come to fruition all the time anyway exactly yeah I think it's hard because if people make these plans so far ahead (laughs) there's probably other things that might come into play right that might impact being able to do that at some point so like for example COVID hit and then you can't go anywhere and then you had all these vacation days that made you sad and stuck at home anyways and people didn't take a lot of vacation days during COVID too because they were just like oh I'm at home I shouldn't take time but the reality is that you know people probably right now are pretty burnt out from not Mm -hmm. having a break I'm curious to see what the impact will be on vacation days moving forward if like once vacations open up everybody's gonna be like bye (laughs) um but anyway I digress go back to the the findings of the study yeah I'm curious about that too though um so that was just kind of like the basic story as to what happened from like a high level perspective but when looking at the actual variables so they found that if somebody felt like they'd actually be able to detach at work so they had high detachment self-efficacy they would have fewer unused vacation days. So Hmm. basically, you know, just what you'd expect, right? If I think that me taking time off means I actually get to take time off and actually get to leave work, then I'm going to use that time. If I don't think that, you know, if I'm going to go to Hawaii and still have to work, I'm going to be less likely to do so because what's the point? Right. That makes sense. And I know we'll probably talk about takeaways later, but, um, One of those takeaways, I would imagine, would be, hey, don't bug people on vacation and don't make it a norm to bug people on vacation because the more you bug people on vacation, the more they know that they're not going to be able to detach and then the less vacation they take. 100%. That is definitely something that they put um, in the takeaways and I think it's a very obvious one. Uh, The other thing they found was if people expected that they would feel relaxed on vacation then they'd be more likely to take vacation. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, And then they found that if people expected negative financial consequences, they were less likely to take vacation. Hmm. 
Wait, so out of all those positive things and those negative things that you said before, is it that they found that that was the biggest driver, the relaxing part on the positive side, and the money part was the biggest driver on the negative side? Exactly. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. So those two are the most important and uh, and considerably so. Like it's specifically said like a one unit increase in expectations of feeling relaxed was associated with 12% fewer unused vacation days. Wow. I know. And then for the negative financial consequences, one unit increase in expectations of those negative financial consequences was associated with a 10% increase in unused vacation days. Wow. That's super interesting. I'm thinking about, I mean, those are like really strong results. I'm thinking about how the relaxed piece seems so related to the detaching piece, right? Like, so it seems like this idea of being able to actually unwind and disconnect is really important um, for having people use their vacation days. And then the monetary piece is really interesting too. Um, it may be a message to make sure you're pay- paying your employees fairly. Uh, but also <laughs> it could be an interesting thing potentially for like, you know, bonusing people in vacations or rewards things that have to do with vacation, like vacation points or you know, vouchers or I don't know. I'm just like trying to think of if you put those two things together, giving people more financial uh, peace of mind and actually letting them disconnect seems to be a good recipe. I mean, you're just jumping straight to what they wrote in their takeaways. You all, <laughs> you have the same mind as some of these well. researchers. <laughs> um, the one thing I did want to call out that's really important is that this was particularly important for people who received fewer vacation days. If you received a lot of vacation days, it the relationships basically went away. So, you know, if you have a, so many vacation days, that it doesn't really matter if you work on that one vacation because whatever, I have a lot more left. You like that's that seems to be the mindset. You might not care as much about mm-hmm. uh, whether or not you detach and whether or not you feel relaxed because you know that there's more vacation time coming potentially. Gotcha. But it also is the case that if I have a lot of vacation time, I might not take it too, right? So it's kind of like it feels like having unlimited vacation time helps you make up for a potentially bad vacation, but also makes it less likely that you'll take a vacation to begin with. So it seems like kind of funny. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, But I will say that I have seen companies recently start adding in a minimum number of vacation days Ooh, and it, I like they, that. yeah so it's like if they'll give you unlimited time off but there's a minimum of 10 days you have to take oh uh, that's awesome so yeah I think that's really cool I think that's a really great way to manage the unlimited PTO situation because a lot of people don't take advantage of that and it becomes this really weird culture like we're so cool you can take all the time off you want but then no one takes time off right so I there has to be a balance like you have to create the culture where it's normal for people to take time off leaders have to model that but then if you provide a minimum then it's like well at least we're forcing people to take some recovery time right that makes perfect sense and they should probably partner that with not bothering people when they're out too 100 percent. yeah so the main takeaways that the study had that they wrote about and i think is some of what you've talked about already and probably what people are thinking as they're listening but you know, we need people to normalize detaching while on vacation. So companies really need to focus on that and leaders have to model it. 
a leader needs to like take a break when they're on vacation too so that other people see that and know that it's okay for them not to respond to an email while they're on vacation yeah that's really important yeah that's awesome I think that that makes a lot of sense because people always look to the leader to see okay well you're saying that I can do this but are the people who have gotten ahead actually doing that and if the answer is no, then it's not going to turn. You're not going to see people actually like having an uptake on that. Exactly. Right. You need to make it a, compl- a norm so everyone feels comfortable and they can just do it. And it's really sad that we even have to have this conversation, to be honest. Like, yeah. It should be you're giving paid vacation days for a reason, right? Because you need time to take a break. Uh it's not just like a, a fun perk. I feel like we've kind of become a culture where vacation days are a perk versus a need. And they yeah. really are a need. Uh, yeah. Taking a yeah. vacation to Disney World might not be a need, but taking time off of work is a need. Right. Yeah. Like where you go or how you spend your vacation time is less important than the fact that you're disconnecting and recovering. Um you know, it's really interesting because um, our department chair, my department chair right now is Herman McGinnis, and he's just like super, super, super productive. But he does take uh, two vacations every year and they're long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're for, I, I think they're for at least a week, but I know at one point he went somewhere for two weeks and he makes a point of telling us like he's disconnecting. And I don't know if he actually does disconnect fully like I don't know if he's like doing stuff like his family would say he's disconnecting but like from my perspective it feels like he is like he doesn't send emails he says that he he'll be slow or will not respond to emails if he receives them like so it is kind of interesting to see because it does make me I remember when I joined the department and hearing that he you know for a couple weeks in the summer and a couple weeks over winter break is out and doesn't you know respond and takes vacation time and he announces it to us that he's going to be out and says you know I hope you all take some time too it really helps because I don't feel embarrassed to say like I would do I would do it anyway I would go on trips and go places anyway but it doesn't make me embarrassed to say oh I'm going to be out because I'm on a vacation because I know he does it too Exactly. That you mean you just explained exactly why world modeling is so important. And I feel like a lot of industries, academia is one of them, where people can kind of fall into this weird overwork mentality. So that's great that he's modeling that and making sure the department takes care of themselves too. Yeah, it was it was really interesting because uh, because he's so productive, I really wasn't sure what that aspect of being in the department was going to be like. And um, I was really happy to see that he encourages us to disconnect as well over the breaks and things like that. And I know, you know, usually we take some time to get together and take a trip or do something, you know, worker being related where we have a lot of fun and whatever. And like, we haven't done any of that stuff. So I'm hoping to be able to incorporate more trips into my future now that we're both vaccinated um, as well. But it's interesting to think about, um, how much I miss that, uh, poor, you know, those times and how frustrating or upsetting it is that so many people do that year after year, even if they don't have to. So I think that that's a, um, that's a real problem. Yeah, I agree. It's really sad that people get into these cycles where they feel like they can't take vacation. And I know that the financial consequence piece is important. Uh, You know, there is a privilege associated with traveling, of course. So maybe it's, but maybe if it's not travel, like maybe it's just taking time off, like having, if you're able to have paid time off, 
it doesn't have to be paid vacation. It can be paid time right. off, just time off. And maybe your vacation is a staycation and that's fine too. Uh, but being able to take those is important. But on the financial consequences note, one of the things that they talked about, which I didn't realize companies were doing this, um, maybe I should have known this, but I didn't know that some companies, probably a limited few, but some companies have been giving what they call a paid, paid vacation where mm. they have an incentive where there's funds that go to employees to pay for vacation expenses. And you can only get those funds for your vacation. They're not just like a bonus that you randomly yeah, get and right. they hope that you use it for a vacation. Like it's only used for vacation. So that can help incentivize people to actually go on a trip or do something where they're worried about financial stuff. If they have some help, they can do yeah. it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I think it's important to think about employees across levels here too, because for hourly employees, for example, paid time off is uh, you know, almost non-existent. So thinking about how you can also create breaks in people's schedules or subsidize or give rewards or bonuses, you know, things thinking about across different levels, I think is really important too, because um, it's not just folks that are in white collar jobs that need these kind of breaks. It's everybody. So um, thinking about, and I'd be curious to hear if there are any companies that are being innovative around ensuring that people take breaks and bank time off and use that time off, um, you know, to disconnect or also have, you know, incentives around uh, getting actually paid out bonuses that can be used for vacation or, or are specific for vacation would be kind of interesting. I think it'd be really cool to see that at all sorts of levels. A hundred percent. I agree. I think it needs to be something that's accessible to a lot of different types of roles. And like you're saying, hourly roles, like those are the people that probably are going to fear the negative consequences, financial right. consequences the most. Like your right. CEOs are not walking around like, oh, I don't know if I can, can afford, I afford to trip, do this. Right. right. So we really need to be thinking about those employees a lot when making these policies and decisions because they probably need the help with it or need the assurance that it's not going to have a negative impact financially more than some of the other roles. So I think that's really important. I love that point. Yeah. And how much will it. come back to them in terms of the wellness and the, just like the commitment or turnover, you know, there's a lot of benefits in terms of offering those kinds of incentives that other people aren't offering that really help support people's well-being and people notice it and recognize it. So that'd be interesting if anyone out there's company is doing anything like that. We would love to hear about it. Um, we can, look around and see too, but it's making my wheels turn around who's doing interesting stuff in this space. And I think that, you know, you've done a great job of bringing up some really good points, which is when people go on vacation, leave them alone. If people are, if you're able to, uh, incentivize people financially to take vacation and actually go on vacation, that's great. Um, and you know, these minimum, this minimum day, even though it's something that you brought up and wasn't in the article, seems really like a good way of dealing with this because it avoids the issue of people at least not taking some some number of vacation days each year to disconnect and unwind yeah I love it if I could shape a policy it would include unlimited time off with a minimum and a paid vacation like a paid money bonus for vacations yeah like that I is the it. dream it seems amazing. Yes. <laughs> the vacation dream um <laughs> that song just came out of me because I'm so excited to go on a vacation at some point I feel like it's just like 
<laughs> came out of my soul. Um, but yeah, I love I love this article. I'm so glad that you brought this up, and especially in a time period where people are starting to think about traveling again. Uh, I think this is really well timed. Also, don't forget about your days. Go use them, and you might be sitting on a bunch of them if you haven't used them over COVID, and you probably need them more than you know. Yes, go use your vacation days. And we'd also love for you to subscribe to our podcast. If you haven't yet, share this episode if it's interesting to you and you think there's somebody else that might find it interesting. And please leave us a review for the show as well. That helps other people find us. Um, and that would be very much appreciated. We'd also love to hear your stories. So like as Katina mentioned, if you have some really cool policies that your companies that you've seen around, we want to know. So let us know. You can find us um, on our website, workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can also find us on our social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.